0: electric sports talk a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports today 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 we talk nascar now here are your hosts ty amos and chris
1: Uh, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Electric Sports Talk. Good to have you guys along today. Uh, we're back with some more fun uh, content, I guess you could say, for you guys. Uh, I'm joined today by Chris. How are you doing?
0: I I think I've jumped into the 21st century here because I have headphones <laughs> on now.
1: So you're going to continue your run of being very uh, calm today, I guess, huh?
0: No. Nah, no. to heck with it. That didn't work out so well last night.
1: Yeah, uh, Amos, we'll, we'll introduce you now. How are you? Amos? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Uh, you missed on yesterday's show for college basketball. Chris was was being conscientious of how excited and kind of you know angry he was getting because he got a scolding from his wife. So, yeah, he was in the doghouse.
2: Well, yeah. So like she was listening <laughs> to the show and then <laughs> totally.
1: She says gotta, that he was too loud, so he's got to stay calm and quiet.
0: Too loud. <laughs> too loud
1: <laughs> does she not listen to me talk uh, well she can't tell you what to do so oh no. <laughs> i guess she could try all right guys uh not a lot to get to as far as off the track news or anything like that usually we like to lead off the show by uh talking about a topic that we found interesting that wasn't necessarily taking place on the track uh but yeah still still the same guys we haven't found anything much i mean there are things we could talk about but nothing major that i think jumps off the page
0: No, not really. I'm I'm looking at NASCAR news today, and I'm not seeing Uh anything that just leaps out and says, "Hey, pay attention to me."
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of, uh, kind of a slow news week, I guess you could say. I think
2: it used like when they're on their West Coast swing. Normally, California is part of this race stretch, and there's really not a lot of news. I think most of the teams probably look at it as a nice, relaxing get away from uh, all the hectic start to Daytona in the season. So you're away from the media, yeah. In Charlotte I think so. and everything, yeah. Yeah, probably all not. Right. Still in the early part of the season. Normally I think they get a week off in there somewhere too, between like Daytona and mm-hmm. coming out west. So not a lot really to talk about, but
0: do you think that has something to do with the mainstream media or the media in Charlotte and NASCAR in general just not traveling west?
2: No, I well, I guess I mean it could, but I feel like there's a little bit of a letdown after Daytona. So you have a week full of speed weeks and then everything leading up to Daytona. And then I'm sure there's a little bit of a catch-our-breath and just kind of relax and enjoy the cooler, drier air out west and and just go from there. Yeah, I'd
1: agree with that. All right, guys, uh, so before we get into a little bit more of the race, uh, what were your initial thoughts on Vegas uh, as we talk about that now? Uh, we'll obviously remind you guys of our picks for our various picks that we had. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what were your overall thoughts to begin with, Amos? Uh, it was a better race, I think, than some of the races in the past for you this season. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, the last
2: two weeks have been a typical NASCAR week for me. The best cars won. There hasn't been the entertainment slash phantom caution that comes out of nowhere.
1: Do the, you? Uh, I just want to jump in real quick. Do you think that NASCAR is, uh, has learned their lesson on that for the year? Well,
2: I hope so because... I, I'm sure there was a stern talking to mm-hmm. from quite a few people, including Rick Hendrick, who feasibly could have won three or four races yep, this yep. year. And
1: it's well. All, I mean, there I, was there was lots of backlash on social media. I felt like so uh, there was even articles wrote uh, written. No, yeah, I don't I don't know what the word is there. Uh, but yeah, but there was articles criticizing the decisions at the road course race. So well, I think it's yeah, hard think, enough uh, yeah, to I win an,
2: learned. I think it's hard enough to win a NASCAR race. When you are considered the odds on favor, i.e. the Daytona road course. I mean, everybody pretty much give the race to Chase Elliott and he deserves that recognition and he was leading the race, but it just goes to show no matter how hard you prepare, no matter what you've done in the off season, no matter how good a team or car you bring, you can only control what you can control. And and I feel, I hope NASCAR has learned their lesson from that, but you know, that... And that's how it should be. The best car on the track most of the time should win. Right. Nine out of ten times. So, And I feel like the race... Vegas is slowly becoming, I think, a track that everybody should watch because man, that racing on the restarts and and it They're wasn't crazy. just... crazy. Oh my gosh, three, oh, four, the tru- five wide truck race
0: was nuts. Yes, yeah, that the was, oh, was crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you.
2: Well, them guys are nuts on their own, let yeah. alone being able to race four, or five wide I mean, diving
1: into one. Think about it. You're putting a you're putting 38, 19 year olds behind
0: wheels of trucks, and you're like, okay, go out there and run with it, boys. Well, I'll tell you, I, that race, re- I mean. It was great fun to watch, but, boy, it was crazy. And I, I got to say something, too, Amos. You know, when you were talking about your uh, yellow flag thing, I'm absolutely not kidding. I sat there as that race was winding down on Sunday, and I thought, because Larson had a substantial lead. I mean, he was out there, what, five, six seconds? Oh, yeah.
2: Well, n- n- Well, not substantial. I mean, he was enough that
0: he – Wasn't pushing his car hard, but... Oh, yeah, but nobody was catching him.
1: Well, it was comfortable, though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I think that's the word.
0: My point coming to that was that I fully expected to see a a yellow flag. I I thought with five to go, we're going to get a yellow (laughs) flag, because he just got this stretched out too far.
1: Uh, An overall good race for you as well, Chris, then?
0: I I was a lot happier leaving Las Vegas than I was leaving Miami. Okay. I thought the race played out was allowed to play out, you know, and and Miami was too. But just overall, I was a lot happier with the way Las Vegas ended up finishing. And when I say that, I'm talking about all three races. I was just, that Friday night race with the trucks, I just sat there enthralled because you don't see that kind of racing.
1: I actually thought it was a really good race.
0: Except on short tracks. Really fun. You know, and it it was a hoot to sit and watch it.
1: All right, guys, so let's, let's talk about this race a little more. Uh, I didn't take as many notes as I did uh, in the previous week, so you know we might just be a little more fr- free-flowing here instead of sticking in the notes too much. I'm going to try a few different things, see what you guys like more maybe. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about this first first stage, guys. I was actually taking a nap and woke up about halfway through it. <laughs> so if, if anyone can help me out with the first few parts, that'd be nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what did you guys think of the start of the race? Uh, obviously, there were some cars that looked strong all day. Uh, but who were the early favorites, Chris?
0: Well, I think once again the Fords were out there. They were the uh, you know, best cars in the field at the start of the race. I mean, they were they were leading, they were pulling away. Yeah. Uh Keslowski, Logano, Ryan Blaney, uh, kudos to that kid because man, I mean he'd had three bad races in a row. And I think he ended up finishing fifth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Top five, I think.
0: Yeah. And uh but he was he was contending there at the start right of the race. The beginning,
1: uh, Amos, what did you think about the start of the race? Anything stick out to you in this first stage, uh, besides the Fords, pretty much you know doing really well, especially the Penske cars as well.
2: Right. Well, what stuck out to me was from the drop of the green flag to the competition ca- caution. Kevin Harvick just dropped like a rock. Ah, Kevin Harvick. Yeah, yeah, he he went backwards. Yeah, he obviously did not have a good setup for Vegas, which is... Was that surprising? It was to me, because usually he races decent on 1.5-mile tracks, so to just drop like he did and then really never get the handle uh on the car all day was surprising to me.
1: Um, Maybe his car is going to be more geared for Phoenix? Maybe. Or do you think they are using the same cars
0: no, uh, they're they're not using the same cars, yeah, guaranteed. Okay. No. Yeah, there's
1: just uh, not
2: as much banking.
1: Yeah. In so I mean, Karvick, Harvick, Harvick, Harvick was never really in the race uh, for most of the day. I didn't feel like. Um, I mean, he's always one of the names that we see up front uh, a lot, actually. So it was very interesting. Chris, me and you were talking off air earlier today about how hard the racing seemed to be, pretty much the entire race through, even in the first stage. I, uh, did that ex- did that surprise you? I mean, I know it surprised me a lot, honestly.
0: I, I mean, I think and I could be way off base on this but I think you agreed with me but for some reason this year at the start of the race it's like everybody is out there it like it like it's a 30 lap sprint race
1: <laughs> yeah it really know? is
0: and and I you know hey guys you know this car's got to last 5 400 <laughs> miles whatever the <laughs> yeah. mileage is. you know and they're out there in the first 150 miles and they're just beating the living crap out of those cars yeah no I agree uh, I I wonder why
1: though I mean I, I don't know either, because it seems like the when you want to really push your car hard is uh, towards the end of the race, right?
0: Well, and you and I talked about it today, because uh-huh. I I have beat on Kyle Busch four years Yeah, that he uses his cars up too early in the race, and he's got nothing left at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. And you said, okay, this year I've actually paid attention to what you've been talking about, yeah, and have. I'm spot on. But this year, he seems to have rolled it back a little bit.
1: Well, he he was definitely stronger towards the end of the race, but not as much at the start. Uh, Amos, are you at all worried that this hard racing is going to come into play as we get closer to the end of the season with the whole uh, you-have-to-reuse-engines rule?
2: Well, I think the reuse-engines just for the
0: road courses, right? Oh, is it? Mm, i, I don't, think i think there's some of the shorter ovals that are going to have the okay same. okay well um that c- that could
1: make sense then
0: like uh, martinsville dover possibly mm. phoenix okay right. yeah i mean
2: i'm sure i don't know you give a nascar engineer an inch he's gonna take a mile so i'm i don't think they're <laughs> too concerned about that I'm sure there's a little bit to play in it, but there's yeah. got to be some. I mean, I know they say you got to reuse the same engine, but I'm sure there's some allowance in there somewhere to uh-huh. tinker with the engine yeah. or I, go I, over. So, I mean, you're not just going to, they don't know, but I am assuming they can't just, they're not just going to take that engine out, put it on the shelf, right? <laughs> Circuits of America on yeah. it, and then not touch the race, you know, the engine yeah. after that. So one thing that stuck out to me in this early racing, and I don't know what's going on with it. Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. Them two have got something going on
1: ah, between yes. them. So we actually talked about this I a little what bit. What is going on there? We talked about this a little bit on last week's show in Miami. I think I believe it was towards the end of Stage 1 as well. It, it was right on the last lap of Stage 1 when Denny pretty much cut cut a move off of Truex when he was going to pass him on the high side in Miami. Uh, kind of similar situations on a few restarts later in the race. Uh, I don't think as much in the first, first stage. But yeah... Uh, Teammate ride for you brewing there or something, Chris? I mean that that was weird to Well, you gotta have rivalries to in
0: NASCAR <laughs> or okay. NASCAR's not worth watching. Uh huh. But I'm amazed that it's a rivalry within a team. Yeah, very you know? interesting. And the funny part I think, I mean, Kyle Bush is usually at the center of all this kind of crap, you know, historically. But now he's just kind of sitting back and just watching this thing and saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead, beat yourselves up. It's fine with me, you know. There, <laughs> yeah, there, is, I mean, there is one thing I wanted to bring up that I think plays into this discussion about saving engines and that. And I heard it from Brad Dortree today uh, on NASCAR Radio. He was yeah. talking about a parts moratorium. And I uh, had not yeah. heard one word about that uh, I've up heard, until today.
1: I've heard uh, Michael McDowell's crew chief make some comments on that as well. Uh, he thinks that the, the parts moratoriums actually help them because the bigger teams aren't getting the parts, and it's helping them be more competitive.
0: Well, and that's what... It's very it's that's very what, interesting. That's idea. what Dorotry was saying, too, oh, yeah, is that yeah. the lesser teams are going to benefit from this. I so do. I've got to delve into that a little bit more and research that because I'm, I'm really curious now what that involves. All
1: right. Sounds like Chris has given himself some homework.
0: Well, and that's
2: kind of what part of the next-gen car is also, right? I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. Everything's going to pretty much... And I, I don't know. I, it's I mean, going to be more even. <laughs> yeah, and, and I read a little article with Tony Stewart saying that it's going to be great and it's going to give the lesser third running cars a chance to run with the top third cars and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Maybe. But that's what they said <laughs> the last time they changed cars too. The last generation car was it's going to create parity and you're going to see a lot better racing and you're not going to have field fillers and you're not going to have starting mm, parts. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you give a NASCAR engineer an inch. He's going to take a mile, and you can have a parts moratorium. You can make him run the same engine six races in a row. You can make him do whatever. If they have the money to pay the engineer to figure out a way to make it run yeah. better, that's what they're going to do. So yeah, well, but I you, understand- you would still
1: say that the racing has gotten better uh, since the newest cars come in to play, right? As far as the amount of competitive drivers on the track at once, maybe Michael
2: McDowell and them guys are just mm. racing. Maybe they figured out something from last year. Maybe they're just well no, racing no, no. better I mean, based on that.
1: I, I would say like going back to when this car was first implemented, as far as it's more competitive from even what this car was implemented in two thousand eight or seven or something.
0: Yeah, it's it's a ten year old car. Something like
1: that. So. Like, in the early 2000s, I feel like the racing probably isn't, wasn't as competitive as it is today. Well, I,
0: I remember when this generation of car came on to NASCAR. Yeah. And the deal was is that they don't have to have as many cars, mm. right? Yeah. And I re- I think it was Kevin Harvick. It could have been somebody else, but I think it was Kevin Harvick. And and they had wasted a bunch of cars at a particular track between qualifying <laughs> and preliminary and all that. Anyway. They said, "Well, uh, you know, what are you going to do?" And he says, "Doesn't matter. We got forty-five cars sitting back at the shop." Yeah, yeah. You well, know. that'll definitely. I think. I think with NASCAR
2: dictating the chassis, I think you that, mean on the new car on the new car. Yeah. I think that'll definitely. But there again, if you got the money, you're going to have a Phoenix car. You're going to have a Vegas car. You're going to have a
0: Dover car. I mean, that's yeah. just yeah. the way it's set up. You can't get around uh-huh. that. Yeah. Well, that's and true. I they. Supposedly, that was supposed to happen with this chassis, but the reality of it is, is all they had to do was build a chassis and send it into NASCAR to have it inspected and serialized. Yeah, and and so you know, you have Penske or or Stuart Haas or whoever, I mean, they're cranking out chassis one or two a day, you know, conceivably. Yeah, no. but anyway. We'll,
1: we'll have to we'll have to keep following this and see what happens. I mean, supposedly the next gen cars are here next next year, right? So yeah, well, <laughs> we'll know more in the off season, I'm sure as well.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, the testing's done on the new generation car. Mm-hmm. I think now it's just a function of getting them manufactured and, and into the shops. Can't wait!
1: All right, guys, so let's let's get back to this race. I love the tangent, but we got to get back to this race. Uh, Brad Keselowski finishes stage one in the lead, guys. Uh, surprises for anyone here that he was
0: able to get the stage one lead. Well, he didn't exactly dominate in stage one, I didn't think, but he was there at the end, which is where he needed to be. Yes,
1: uh, I thought Joey did pretty good in stage one. Yeah, Blaney was leading a couple – well, I think he led a lap or so. But, yeah, I mean, there there there's multiple cars that looked good in stage one. But Kozlowski came out on top. Uh Amos, any thoughts for you here?
2: I think the field's just getting out of Kozlowski's way. They wanna <laughs> make it they wanna make it, to, wanna the make it to the end of the stage, <laughs> to the end of stage two, to the end of the race. I mean the guy is uh, driving like it's the last lap every yeah. lap. So. Yeah,
1: I notice he's driving like a little bit of maniac I mean, sometimes.
2: <laughs> he's he is good. Nat, uh Las Vegas is one of Brad Kozlowski's better tracks. He yeah, has yeah. A, a very good finishing record there, but yeah i don't know It's just like it you know, he's a man way on did. a mission okay yeah, he's gonna run your ass over so. <laughs> all
1: right guys uh we get into stage two and we kind of start to see the hendrick cars take over here wouldn't you say uh we see at yeah. one point pretty much all the hendrick cars running up front i believe chase mm-hmm. elliott's leading lamps william byron is up in the front i don't know if he ever led but he was still you know around the top 10 all day william byron started a race really well again uh it was kind of I was kind of feeling like it was going to be Homestead all over again and he was going to take control. But uh, Kyle Larson kind of rose to the occasion in stage two, started being a more dominant car. Him and Blaney were challenging a lot. Yeah. I and uh, they, I mean, the Chevy's come on strong in this second stage.
0: I don't know what happened. Alex Bowman had some kind of an issue or something kind of in midway in that second stage. Mm. And he faded after that, but. And, well, then, and, the, and uh, then, uh, the Joe Gibbs
1: cars come on really strong in this stage towards the end as well.
0: Yeah, and then Chase Elliott had his typical terrible luck in the pits. Well, yes, what, yes. what
2: happened? What <laughs> did the car fall <laughs> off the jack and cause that damage that on they Alex had? On Alex Bowman? Man, no, on uh, Elliott.
0: On Elliott.
1: Yeah, they spent, I don't know
0: what happened. When I mean, they spent just,
1: like five minutes in the pits mean, trying like, to repair that. That oh, basically gosh, that happened
0: on the competition I, caution. I'm trying to think back that he might have got, might have got tagged uh. when he was on pit road. And then they had to pull it back and, mm-hmm. and effect repairs on it from getting tagged on pit road. But.
1: So we saw the cautions kind of pile up through these first two stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it any surprise to either of you that we had the number of cautions through the first two stages that we did? Because uh, we didn't see many cautions hardly at all in that last stage. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on that?
0: I think they were having a hard time getting a handle on the track, you know, trying to figure out uh, yeah. downforce the whole bit. And I think they got it figured out, obviously, by the end of the race. But I think they were having a hard time getting a handle on the track because the sun kept coming in and out, and it kept changing the temperature of the track. And
1: it seemed very overcast
0: yeah. there. I yeah, thought as was. well.
1: It, it was decent weather, but it seemed overcast for yeah. sure. Uh, Amos, did, were you surprised? I guess you know we were at the race last year, so we didn't we didn't see the uh, inside the camera inside the car camera shots last year uh, like we did this year, but going into turn one and coming out of turn two, that was bumpy area right there. Like, very, you know, lots of shaking in that car. Uh, was that surprising to you? I mean, I feel like this track has is, is recently been repaved and gets repaved a lot as well. So, uh, yeah, I, that was I,
2: weird, I thought. I think it's just the wear and tear on the track. Yeah. And if I'm thinking about how this sits, that section of the track's going to see a lot of sun. Mm. Kind of a south-facing, so... I mean, obviously bumps are normal. It happens on your everyday roads, so yeah. I would imagine they would want to—I don't know—try and figure. I'm sure at every track, the the drivers are complaining about every bump and crack and crevice because it upsets the car. But yeah. I mean, I feel like last week when they were at uh, Homestead, it was a lot more. There was a lot more bump and mm, uh, okay. upset of the car. So, but yeah, I mean. What are you going to do? It's 120 degrees through the summer. I'm sure that creates a lot of movement in the mm, yeah. track. Well, the,
0: th- the thing of it is, too, on the way they are setting those cars up, they're, they're basically running a co- coil bind-type setup on them. Yeah. So that the more downforce they get, the more that the suspension settles. So essentially, the only suspension they've got is just the cushion in the tires. Oh, okay. And I think probably that might come to – back to bite him on some tracks, maybe like Las Vegas.
1: Mm. All right. Uh, so Kyle Larson comes and wins stage two, guys. Uh, so first question, uh, were you surprised that Kyle Larson won stage two?
0: No. Uh, I wasn't surprised he won it, and and one comment I'll make about that is is he won it pretty handily.
1: Yeah, he won that stage for he sure. Had,
0: he had a pretty decent lead going in. I think basically Kyle Larson had him covered the whole last two-thirds of the race for – lack of a better word.
1: Yeah, I mean he started to come on strong after stage 1. Obviously they figured out some good adjustments in pits and he just got stronger and stronger. Uh Amos, what are your thoughts about Kyle Larson winning stage 2 here? I'm not surprised the kid was due for a win.
2: I mean he's run well pretty much at every track up to this point. Yeah. He's he's a a good racer. He's going to he's going to win on multiple tracks. It doesn't matter the size, the layout, the style. I mean, you could tell right from the beginning that he had a good car. I mean, they decided on one of the cautions to not take tires, and uh, the, before and that the kinda, end of stage two, yeah. Yeah, and so I think they they fed fell back. They were yeah, they and, were one of the cars that stayed out. There's a couple, yeah. yeah. And I think that was a lesson. Hey, every time there's caution, we need four fresh <laughs> tires. Yeah. And from that point on, 12th's the lowest he got all day, and then after that, it was one two the rest mm-hmm, of the race. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, wasn't surprising.
1: So after stage two, guys, who were you rolling with? Who were you feeling like was the favorite? Obviously, I guess the easy answer was Kyle Larson. But, uh, Amos, is that who you thought would be the winner at the end of the day as this race was progressing into the final stage? No,
2: I figured there'd be a Phantom Caution for multiple reasons that we probably don't need to get into on the show. But um, <laughs> okay. And then, I mean, Kyle Busch, was, his car was getting stronger. He was moving up through the field. Um, Martin Truex kind of... I don't know. His car was really weird. I would have been very interested to listen to his in-car radio to see what was going on because he had moments of brilliance and then he'd fall off and come back. Another and then, up and down race yeah. for him. And then Ryan Blaney, I felt like he the, he was going to get it figured out going through the end of the race. So there were a lot of factors I or a lot of other drivers that I felt like were going to
0: hamper Kyle Larson. But I mean, they, yeah. he, they had a good car, so. Well, I, I made a note on our notes, and I think you probably saw it when I made it. With 50 to go, there were three JGR cars running in the top ten, mm. or top five, rather. And there were three Penske cars running in the top ten. And I thought, yeah. well, you know, they, they've got the field covered. So and you were,
1: you were going with one of those cars, though. Well, yeah,
0: and and I thought, and what was weird to me was that Stuart Haas was nowhere to be seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Cole. Well, actually, Chase Briscoe might have been doing the best out of all of the Stuart Haas cars.
0: Yeah, Stuart Haas had a rough race. Like,
1: they Amarola went out. Kevin crashed Harvick, out yeah. again. Kevin Harvick was really not <laughs> in the race. Cole Custer, I don't know where he was. Uh, yeah, I mean, Briscoe might have been doing the best. So. I, I did make a weird, one, a weird one.
0: I did make one decision. I'm not going to pick a winner for this race unless it's somebody that I don't want to win. Oh. Because whenever I pick the winner for these races, they they seem to just have a lot of trouble.
1: This is true. This is true. Uh, And we'll get to our picks coming up, guys. Uh, So, yeah, we get into this last stage, and uh, honestly, there's there's pretty clean racing throughout. Uh, I think with around 65 laps or so to go, uh, a caution comes out. But from then on in, I mean, we pretty much run green the whole way, guys, and... I'm surprised that we saw this green, this extended period of green flag racing, Chris.
0: I was very surprised by it. Like, yeah. like I said earlier, I fully expected there to be a, yeah. a you know, debris caution or something like that.
1: Uh, uh, after we we know, Amos's feelings here on this one. He was ex- he told me I don't know how many times when we were watching the race. He's like, "There's gonna be a caution. There'll be a caution. Don't worry." Yeah, yeah. There's we'll get a caution here. Yeah. There's yeah. no way they're gonna let this go green with kyle larson leading the race so <laughs> so uh we had pretty much kyle larson lead the race for the last 60 laps essentially i, I was writing down some notes but then it got kind of tedious because from about 50 on he was he was just dominating everyone yeah stretching I mean the only, the only note you could have yeah. made
0: was was how big his lead was
1: yeah which i mean it would just kept growing and getting bigger so i was i was kind of like yeah i want to keep doing that uh we cycled through green flag pit stops though guys and there's a couple cars that stayed out, tried to gamble, tried to bank on a caution, didn't get it. Uh, Larson quickly come back out and overtook the lead again. Uh, and honestly, there's really not much to talk about towards the end of the race because Larson just drove, he ended up lapping, uh, oh God, maybe 10 cars uh, on these last 50 laps or so to put them laps down. I think only about 17 or 18 cars finished on the lead lap because his car was so strong. And... Yeah, I mean, Kyle Larson uh, gets the first win of the year for him. First uh, win since Dover in 2019. Brad Keselowski finishes second. Kyle Busch uh, finishes strong in third. Hamlin was pretty consistent. He finished fourth. And Blaney, who had a really consistent top five type of day, finishes fifth as well. Uh, So let's start with... Ryan Blaney first, though, guys. Uh, He finishes fifth. We've talked about... Well, Chris mostly has talked about how he needs to just be very consistent over these next couple races. He doesn't have to win races, but he needs to be consistent. Uh, Amos, you you were surprised... Or you're not surprised. You were happy for Ryan Blaney uh, having a good day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he was ecstatic. Like,
2: he finished a race, let alone that it was the top five. Yeah. And one that he very well could have... Had there been maybe more cautions in the final stage... Could have been a contender in the race, been able Uh to make a few more adjustments. Um, I'm really surprised. I don't know what's going on with Penske and not being able to make in-race adjustments. They can't finish. They can't finish races. They seem to have a decent setup, and then they just can't keep up with the track. But, yeah, Ryan Blaney, it was, I mean, I felt like he knew he was going to have a good race just from things that he had said through the week. and. Uh, how well he has done he was at actually, Vegas. He was
1: surprisingly carrying a lot of confidence into this race. Yeah. I mean, well,
2: <laughs> for for
1: his rough start, he was very happy about going to Las Vegas and racing somewhere he thought was a good race for
2: him. Well, you'd have to with the start <laughs> yeah. that he's had. If, if you were down at all, then it would have just carried over. So yeah. it's going to be good for Blaney because he's had a good finish, and so now that's going to do well for his qualifying effort. Uh-huh. next week at Phoenix. So. so
1: you feel like he's going to carry good momentum into next week?
2: Yeah, I'd like to. I think he'll be okay. I'd have to look at his finishes in Phoenix. I don't know if that's necessarily a a stellar track for him as, as well as good as Las Vegas is. So. Cool. But, I mean, any top five finish, no matter what track it's on, it's going to give you confidence going forward no matter what.
1: Uh, Chris, I want to come to you next with Kyle Busch. Do you feel like he's gaining momentum as the season moves forward? Uh, obviously, I think that. He, I guess he didn't have a great 500, if I remember correctly. No, he, he didn't. He got crashed
0: yeah. out early on, as I recall.
1: So I feel like he's definitely gained more momentum and finished stronger uh, in each race of the season. Uh, how do you feel about Kyle Busch as we I, keep going? I think
0: he might be finally getting a handle on the cars and not being able to practice. I think he's finally just a, you know reached down and said, okay, I got to go with what I got to go. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. I, I think Joe Gibbs Racing is coming up with the setup, shall we say, because if you look <laughs> at the top 10, uh-huh. they had all four cars in the top 10. You know, uh, Kyle Busch was third, Hamlin was fourth, Truex right, right. was sixth, and Christopher Bell was seventh. So that's that's huge when you think about it. I yeah. mean, that's big time. Big points. And And those cars were overtaking, like William Byron, I think he was running like third or now i want to say he was running second or third there you know winding it down and he ended up dropping clear down to eighth yeah and so
1: clear down to eighth i mean that's still a pretty good finish though okay (laughs)
0: point taken but and here's the guy that you know we kind of talked about this today the relative performance of bubble wallace in the 43 compared to eric jones in the 43 eric jones finished 10th
1: yeah, Eric Jones had a... In that race. I, I was going to ask you that question, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, but yeah, Eric Jones performed probably one of the best we've seen for Richard Petty Motorsports since last year when Wallace finished pretty well at, a, at Darlington or Talladega, one of those. But yeah, I mean, this is one of the better finishes that the 43's had in, well...
0: A while. A while. A while. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: which I, I'm happy for Eric Jones about that. Um amos any surprise for you that hamlin continues to be consistently in this top five uh, even with some outside distractions with his with his team that he's trying to kind of run and manage uh this was something we talked about on the previous show and i think it's worth that i think it's worth talking about uh, nearly every week at this point uh he, he's just continuing to be consistent even though we had some doubts uh well i am
2: surprised that he is running as consistent um Maybe he's not putting enough of his energy into the 23XI team. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. maybe he needs
1: to... Some interesting words. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about this, but yeah, some interesting words from the other owner of that team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, anyways.
2: Kind of threw the gauntlet out there, I think. And when you're a mature driver, you've been around long enough, as, as long as Denny Hamlin is, you're going to start the season... Strong and yeah, this is yeah. and I'm surprised that Kevin Harvick is not starting as strong as Denny Hamlin is, but even he, I mean, he still has three out of four top tens. So, uh-huh. but uh I'm not surprised. I I don't know. I guess my biggest thing is how's it going to work when we get into the summer stretch. How's it going to work for him as the season wears on? As 23XI,
1: so you you want their keep, issues? Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, I want I'm going to watch because. I just don't feel
1: like he can sustain it, in my opinion, the entire season. Well, so far, he's been doing pretty good, so I guess we'll have to keep watching and see. Uh, Okay, let's talk about the winner now, guys. I think we've kind of drilled down some of the top five guys, unless there's anyone within the top ten that you want to mention anymore.
0: So I just want to say, you know, that Hendrick had two cars, JGR had four cars, Uh and Penske had three cars in the top ten. So, where's Stuart Haas? Exactly. Well, (laughs) 20th. Yeah. That was their best finisher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Harvick was like 19th. Chase Briscoe was 20th. And then. Uh, hey man, Cole Custer was 25. at this point
1: the front row cars are beating the Stuart Haas cars. <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh, very interesting. All right, guys. So, yeah, let's talk about the winner now. Then, uh, if we're good with the rest of this, uh, Kyle Larson gets the win. And I think this wasn't necessarily a track that I thought he'd win on. Uh, I thought he would have had a better shot at Homestead personally, just based on the running that high line. And everyone's like, oh, this is Tyler Reddick, and Kyle Larson does this really well. Vegas is more like that low line, right? And I wouldn't necessarily say that's what Kyle Larson does, but, you know, he's a good driver at, at a lot of different disciplines. So, uh, Chris, your reaction to Kyle Larson getting the win? Uh, some mixed emotion, I guess, on between fans and the media. Uh, the fans were I, fairly happy, the media a little less happy. I, I wasn't uh, even yeah.
0: aware that the media was beefing about it until you told me about it earlier today because I thought – how could anybody not be happy for Kyle Larson winning? I mean yeah. this this is a comeback story for the ages really when you think about it. You know, here's a guy that was completely out of the sport for an entire year. Yeah. Comes back, four races in, he's won a race. You know, how how could you not think that that's very impressive?
1: Yeah, I I think it is. I mean, you know, everything else put aside with, you know, what we won't talk about on the show, but you guys know and you can form your own opinion about it. Uh He's a talented driver, and he deserves, I think, the second chance, like we've talked about on the show. And he's showing why, at least in the car, and with some other things that he's done outside, according to people, uh, why he's deserving of the second chance. So, uh, Amos, your your thoughts? Pretty equal with ours here on Kyle Larson uh, getting the win. Oh yeah, well yeah. I mean, I've
2: le- everything leading up to this season, the discussions we've had. I mean, as soon as <laughs> sorry, <laughs> as you know, as soon as Chip Ganassi released Kyle Larson. I'll bet you Hendrick was yeah. on the phone in like five minutes saying, Hey bro, come on over to the race or come on over to the shop. Let's have a talk. I'll make a phone call to NASCAR on the way on your way over here. I mean, I he was he was all over that. And I so yeah, I'm not at all surprised that Kyle Larson won. The kid obviously is a great racer. I mean, there's not too many racers at the cup level that are horrible racers. I mean, they're there for a reason. They obviously are Good racers. They're prepared. They know what they're doing. So I'm not surprised. I, I I kind of am surprised at how early in the season he won. And I, and I don't mm. know if NASCAR – well, the reason I say this is because I thought there was going to be a lot more, you know, uh, distraction from the media on why he was suspended. I thought there was going to be a lot more he had to answer and keep – apologizing and everything being dredged up and the constant banter at every racetrack. So I'm just surprised that not much number one is being said and number two, that he wants so already in the season. So, yeah. All right. I mean, if you're a true NASCAR fan, you understand the situation. So you hold no ill will towards Kyle Larson and you're just genuinely happy that he won a race. See, mm-hmm.
0: here's, here's the thing that I have, the, the beef that I have between, you know, fans, you and I, and the media you know, Kyle Larson did everything that NASCAR asked him to do. He well, compl- and more. And more. The,
1: because there's been a lot more that's come out that he's done. Yeah. Exactly, so. so
0: he's been in full compliance with NASCAR's requests yeah. and more. And, you know, I'll tell you straight up, the media's just got to let this. I told you today, the media's got to build a bridge and get over it. Because the bottom and and the part that's frustrating and irritating about it is, it isn't even the NASCAR media that's doing this crap. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's true. I no, yeah. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. it's USA Today. It's. Did you read that article they brought up? I just, no.
2: I read through it, and I was just like, dude, have you ever, do you even know what NASCAR stands for? Do you even know anything about it other than it well, turns left?
1: The simple the simple fact of the matter is, unless Kyle Larson didn't do what was required of him to get back in the good graces of NASCAR. He wouldn't be there. And either. NASCAR fans and the other drivers, which uh, I also want to talk about in a minute, uh, he, he wouldn't be in the five car. He wouldn't be racing for one of the best teams in all of the sport. Like, Hendrick is arguably the best team in the sport right now uh, that's performing the best and has the best group of drivers. So, I mean, second chances exist for a reason. And I talk about this a lot, that forgiveness is a good thing that we need to have. And yeah whatever. we, we got to move on from this subject because I don't want this going where it's going, but uh, <laughs> I, I was very impressed actually with the amount of drivers that that come out after the race and during well, the race in their own interviews and said they were very happy for Kyle Larson. He deserved this win and he's fought really hard to get back to this point.
0: Brad Keselowski, the, the second place finisher, he got his car parked on pit road for post race inspection and he sprinted across the infield yeah. to congratulate Kyle Larson. I mean...
1: I mean, everybody was though. Alright, guys. Uh, we we good to take a break when we come back? Uh, sorry, are we good to take a break? I guess I should ask. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, when we come back, uh, I want to ask you guys some questions. A little buy or sell game, I guess we could say. Uh, if, if you guys know what I'm getting at here. And then uh, we'll talk about winners and losers from Vegas. Season standings updates. Uh, we'll preview Phoenix and everything that we expect from that. Uh, we'll make our picks for Phoenix as well. Oh, and we'll also give you how our picks shook out in this race. So we'll be right back, guys. Uh, Lots more to come. Stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen tuned into electric sports talk thanks for being with us today guys uh, we're talking NASCAR should be fun uh, we have more shows coming up later in the week guys so of course stay tuned for those we're gonna be talking UFC and what transpired uh, at UFC 259 uh, Chris or not Chris Amos you watched that it was, it was a good time you won't be on the show but it was a good time at 59 huh? I I
2: have to say that I had some mild disappointments <laughs> in a few of the races yeah. or the fights I just Number one, Peter Young, what were you thinking, dude? He's kneeled <laughs> down, you know, you're oh, – whatever. And then Nunez, I mean, she just mm, – Amanda Nunez. She strikes
1: you're crazy
0: fear into the heart of obviously everybody. I mean, poor old – Is this one of these ones where they come out in the ring and the opponent goes, oh, good, not that one. That's oh, pretty much how she it She didn't was, even yeah.
2: get into the ring and she was scared to death. I thought Megan <laughs> Anderson
0: – I figured
2: five rounds, you know, maybe – I thought it was going to be a good fight. I was, I was blown
1: away. Yeah, I mean. uh, so we'll be talking about that. Uh- obviously, Amos has some strong feelings about it. might have to get him on the show this week. (laughs) May it, yeah. Um, As well as... uh, I think
0: you should get him to set in on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, why not, if you're interested. Uh, We're also going to be having another NFL show this week, guys, as well. You've been invited to the show by uh, fellow co-host Carson. If you want to jump in, we're going to be doing some NFL draft talk. So if you guys want to jump in on that, we'd love to have you guys... uh, But we'll have that coming up as well, guys. So if you want to get in touch with us or stay up to date on what's going on uh, with our shows, go ahead and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. You can find us at the handles, Electric Sports Talk, of course. Uh, Or email us. The email is talk at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys, get in touch, let us know what you guys want us to talk about, listener questions, all that good stuff. Uh, We'll also be having some soccer talk, I think, later in the week. Still waiting for that roster to be released. Uh, Yeah.
0: Can I touch on one thing before we leave Las Vegas?
1: Oh, well, we haven't left Las Vegas yet, so oh, no I thought, worries. I
0: thought we were getting fixing to do that. I just want to say a huge kudos to A.J. Allmendinger.
1: Ah, in the Xfinity race, yeah. He
0: won that Xfinity race. Highly emotional about that win. I'm very optimistic that maybe A.J. will be back in the top series
1: Ooh, back in cup, huh? Yeah,
0: with it. All right, I'd really like to see that. I got to tell you.
1: Hey, I'd love to see the name back in. I tell you what, one of the best names in NASCAR. Yeah, absolutely. Almond Dinger, that's great. The Dinger. Uh, (laughs) The Dinger. Is that what they call him? Yeah, (laughs) that's what they called him. All right, guys. So let's start with recapping our picks from last week's race. Uh, We made two picks. We made race winner, uh, closest one to gets the points. Then we made our bonus question. Now the bonus question rules uh, are you have to get it to get the point, right? So. We were kind of lenient with Amos last last week because he wanted just a Rick Ware. But it was so general, and and we gave it to him anyways. Um, But, yeah, okay, our race winners. Chris, you had Kurt Busch. uh, Amos, you had Chase Elliott, and I had Joey Logano. I end up being the closest on that one. Joey Logano finishing uh, ninth. Chase Elliott, uh, let's see, he finished 13th. And Kurt Busch finishing 19th. So I'll take the point this week, guys. And then uh, our next one that we picked was the – first person to lead the mass pit stop off pit road i went with denny hamlin you went with kevin harvick amos and chris you had uh, martin truex it was indeed denny hamlin so two points for me this week i'm oh feeling my pretty gosh. good gosh <laughs> i believe that uh, now ties me with amos if i'm not mistaken in the season standing so chris you're down now
0: i can't understand this
1: so you're gonna have to pick really well t- uh today I, I- uh, okay okay uh no actually i guess i've taken the lead now so three if to two, two
2: to one if your theory holds true the guy that no what did you say the guy that you pick does poor in the race don't pick chase Elliott. okay
0: no i've decided <laughs> that for the rest of the year i'm going to pick Denny hamlin
1: <laughs> oh wow what a slight okay um <laughs> all right so yeah no i'm in the lead now three amos you're at two chris you're at one so uh we need some. We need some good picks this week I, from I Chris. Cu-
0: I got Yeah, but see, this is the problem. <laughs> I pick a guy, and it's like I jinx him. Well, we'll we had the same issue. We <laughs> had the same issue with basketball. If you uh-huh. recall, I'd pick the winner for a basket, and every f- flipping time, I. would <laughs> It was like, okay, this guy's going to lose this week. This team's going to lose this week. This is true. This is true.
1: (laughs) Um, All right, guys, so there's our update. Uh, We'll have more picks for Phoenix coming up later in the show. Uh, But, guys, let's play buy or sell. I think the premise is very simple. I ask you a driver uh, or question or whatever, you say buy or sell. Uh, So so let's start with the race winner from last week, guys, Uh, Kyle Larson, buy or sell for you, Amos? I'm buying. I've been buying all season long. I was buying
2: last season. Oh, okay. The kids, he, I mean, Canassi has good equipment, and I'm surprised that Canassi didn't try to figure out a way to be able to retain him as a driver because you know the kid's going to get reinstated. But now he's in Hendrick, number five. Like you said, Ty, quite possibly one of the best-running teams in NASCAR right now. So, right.
1: yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll buy all day long. Chris, buy or sell Kyle Larson? Buying. Buying. Yep. All right.
0: I think I mentioned to you, maybe today, or I thought maybe it was earlier, but I I hope that the kid reels off 10 wins this season.
1: Okay. I mean, realistic, though? Probably not. Okay. Well, well, no.
2: I mean, let's look. Kevin Harvick had, what, like nine wins last year? I mean, Kyle Larson's a multi-race winner in uh, his previous years. He's in arguably arguably a little bit better equipment right now we well, we have he races well at two mile tracks he's a decent plate uh racer one and a half mile tracks he had nine second play finishes until this leading up to his first win on a mile and a half now that he's knocked that out of the way and then he's got the information the research the resources to lean on his short tracks,
0: why not? Yeah. Uh, let's do a bit of a shallow dive on Ganassi Racing, though. If if you think back to last year, well, okay, let's go the year before. If you think back to the year before, uh, the number one car basically was the dominant car in that team. And the 42 was, I mean, he was running at the top, but he wasn't finishing at the top. Mm-hmm. Now, last year's a throwaway year because they had a couple of different drivers in that car, as I recall. But now, let I think it is it Ross Chastain that's in that car this year, the forty-two? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the performance level of that forty-two car compared to the performance level of the forty or the number one car, really nothing has changed. So, does that mean it was really getting that top grade of equipment, mm-hmm. or was he getting so-so equipment and just overdriving the crap out of it? Yeah. To, to put the finishes together. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not taking anything away from Ross Chastain. He was an excellent driver in the Xfinity series. So I'm well, looking at it now. <laughs>
1: that jump to cup is uh, it's a Huge. lot
0: though. Well, that's true. I grant you that. But I'm looking at it now and I'm seeing I'm looking I'm seeing the same trend, I mm, guess, with right. the forty two car.
1: Okay. All right. See so what you're getting after. Okay, so uh, I think we're all buying Kyle Larson stocks. So yeah. uh, All right, next, Austin Dillon. Buying or selling Austin Dillon? Uh, I think he's been fairly consistent. I mean, top 15 in almost every race this year, I- I'd have to say. Uh, never really looked out of sorts on any of the tracks. I mean, even even the road course track he was, he was pretty decent on. So uh, buying, selling Austin Dillon, Chris?
0: I think I'm selling on that one. You're selling on that one. And this is a struggle for me because he's sitting in 12th place in the overall standings. Uh Uh-huh. And you're right. He has been somewhat consistent this year, but I just have never been able to get behind that Richard Childress-Austin Dillon dynamic. Okay. I I just, I've had issues with it almost since day one.
1: All right. Uh, Amos, buying or selling on Austin Dillon?
0: So
2: I will buy... you can hold. You can hold. (laughs) um, I'll buy one more week, and then we'll see... Mm. How he does at Phoenix. I mean, he's he has, like Chris said, he's in the he's sitting 12th, which is pretty good. He has a top five finish. I feel like he's raced well in most all the races that of this year thus far. So, yeah, I mean, I think as we start getting into a little bit more of the traditional tracks, mile and a halfs. Short tracks, yeah. That's when it'll be when we can really decipher by or sell for Austin Dillon.
1: Okay, uh, next one buy or sell Eric Amarola. Uh, man, this guy's season is not off to a good start. I think this is maybe the third race out of the four so far that he has wrecked out of. Uh, definitely wrecked out of two and been out. He got in an accident in Miami that really well, he wasn't racing that well in that one, but yeah, I mean. Eric Amarola's season not off to the start that I was anticipating or hoping for him. Uh, so we'll start with you, Chris, on this one. Eric Camarola, buy or sell?
0: I'm going to hold one more week on Eric Camarola. You still want to hold on him, okay. One more week
1: all right fair enough fair enough uh amos buying or selling eric uh, i'm
2: i'm selling eric amarola and sell it all Stuart Hawes racing right now right, they're so, struggling so our <laughs> our uh, next they're one, off to a rough start uh,
1: our next one is kevin harvick then you, you selling kevin harvick yeah as well? i'm
2: selling kevin harvick uh, well
1: chris I you, are this... we are selling kevin harvick here
0: no
2: i'm buying
1: oh you're buying kevin harvick so yeah. well we got, we he is split. going
2: to a good track in phoenix he runs well in Phoenix. He should do, <laughs> do well. Okay. But man, I'll tell you what, if they miss the setup at Phoenix like they did at okay. Las Vegas this weekend.
1: I he'll, can't see I done. can't
0: see Stuart Haas missing the setup as bad two All right. weeks in a row.
1: Alright, fair enough. I mean Kevin Harvick's gotta come on at some point in the season, right? Yeah. He's just that good. So I mean
2: he's we're selling and he's seventh in the standings. So yeah. L two top Fives, three Maybe top it's tens. more Stuart
1: Haas in general, though. Right? Yeah, I mean,
2: I, I'm not. I'm yeah. I should clarify that Eric Amarillo, for sure selling. Okay. I got okay.
1: ninth, but whatever. Um, mm. let's see. Uh, next one, Christopher Bell, buying or selling on Christopher Bell? Uh, he's one of the race winners this year to start mm. in the first four races. Comments made by Kyle Petty. You know, veterans, watch your shoulder at JGR. Um, can he maintain this level of consistency though, guys? Uh, Amos, let's start with you. Buy or sell, Christopher Bell? I'm I'm going to
2: sell simply for the fact as we start getting into this grind of a early season the early season grind and then heading into the All Star break you kind of regroup a little bit and that I know that's a bit away in March but I'm I'm selling. I think the elder statesmen of Joe Gibbs Racing are going to get it figured out. I think Kyle (laughs) Busch is starting to adjust to the fact that he's not getting the practice time. And, yeah, I just don't. I mean, Christopher Bell is a racer. He he obviously deserves to be in the Cup Series, but I think he's going to hit some tough learning curves in the tracks coming up.
1: Uh, Chris, buy or sell Christopher Bell? I'm going to buy on Christopher Bell. Oh, buying up the, the stock. Okay. Hey, He's Just buying, Amos is selling. Racing. Well, this is true. Uh, any reason <laughs> why, though, Chris? Well, I mean, Cause he's no, oh, okay. because
0: he's in the twenty. No, because he's in the twenty. He's he's had, and I can't find his standings, but he's had some consistent top tens. Two two top tens.
1: No, oh, he's second in the standings. Sorry, oh, second I held up two fingers, but yeah, anyways. Yeah,
0: okay, second in the standings, but he's had some consistency this year, mm. and. I think Kyle Petty's remarks were very premature. Okay. So I'm going to go with that.
1: All right. Uh, let's do some rapid-fire ones, guys. Uh, you don't need much explanation on these ones if you don't want. Uh, let's start with number 12, Ryan Blaney, buying or selling? Amos. I'm going to buy. Chris, buy or sell. All right. Buying. Everyone's buying stock in Ryan Blaney. You've got to love it. Uh, buy or sell. Ch- Martin Truex Jr., Chris. Mm, buying. Buying and Truex. I'm going to hold everyone okay no you're holding amos okay that's interesting uh, i'll 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 take it uh amos buy or sell uh bubba wallace I,
2: <laughs> i'm well i mean he's not getting better or worse he's running right where he always has so i mean technically you could say sell or buy because
1: you're getting a return i guess yeah, okay. he's, consistency, consistency is key consistency <laughs> right uh, chris buy or sell on wallace i <laughs>
0: Let's see. How do I approach this without getting hammered? Just, just say, say buy or sell. Just say buy, sell or hold. Sell.
1: Selling. Everyone's okay. Yeah, but Amos, you're kind of buying that one. Well, I'm, I'm gonna.
2: I mean, if we want a truthful answer, just hold because where he's running, it's where he's gonna be. It's not. I, I think. Down. I think I'll go
0: with Amos on that.
1: Okay. Joy Logano, buy or sell, Chris?
0: Definitely buying. On buying,
1: uh, Amos. I will buy this week. But
2: if Penske doesn't get their in-race adjustments figured out, it's going to be a long season.
1: All right, guys. So this is more of a next season foreshadowing type of one, though. Uh, buying or selling Matt Debetadeto into next season, yeah, oh, Amos. Boy. Let's, let's, let's go with you, Amos. Let's. I want. I want to hear what you got to say on this one. I would buy.
2: Yeah, he's he is proven through the last couple years that he can race. I feel boy. like. I don't think he's necessarily a super speedway racer. I don't think he's yeah. a road course racer. I think as the season works its way through, I mean he's kind of in that, you know, the Penske deal. So he's got they've got to figure out their in-race adjustments. He did well towards the end of Vegas. I think he figured out some things, had a decent finish. I I if I am somebody JT G. Doherty, front row, spire. I mean, I'm buying because the mm. kid's got talent, and he. I'm I think sponsors you, are going to draw to somebody like that. So You're,
1: you could see uh, Matt Bedetto in the six next year, maybe for Roush. I mean, Ooh, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe we'll yeah. have to see.
0: So I think I'll buy on Matty D. And and I've sat here and I've thought about it because you and I were talking about it in some detail today. Yeah. Because I scratched my head and I couldn't figure out. Okay, what's wrong with the Wood Brothers this year? Because Ford. Backs those guys in a big way, even though they're a single car team. Yeah, but but as I've sat here and thought about it, as we've been talking, I think the Wood Brothers are suffering the same problems that the other three Penske cars are suffering. I what, agree. Whatever is wrong with the Penske cars, they
1: are very strong at the start of races and then they just fade off. Yeah, with the exception of kislowski honestly, who is just.
0: Well, yeah, but that consistently
1: guy's, in the front and he somehow. Drive, in he could the front. drive
0: a damn Mack truck into the second place of most any races. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because he runs over everybody yes, I mean, in there. So if he bra- if, bra- if bra- you don't bra- get out he of here, yeah, exactly. He right train is a, into the fr- he, Yeah, <laughs> he is a Mack truck
2: right now. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> well, how about okay, so this Matty D thing still kind of interests interests me. And this just kinda dawned on me while we were sitting there. Uh huh. Um Danny Hamlin brought up the fact that he would like to expand. Okay, oh so what maybe maybe Matty D goes to a second car for 23XI.
1: So I see... Or maybe Denny Hamlin
2: goes... Expands is the driver. Joe Gibbs picks up Matty D. I
1: don't don't know if he's going to get a promotion that much. I mean, honestly not in a rude way to these smaller teams or what we deem on this show smaller teams because Chris is deemed the four super teams, right? (laughs) Um, I see his... Prove me wrong. (laughs) I see his caliber at a Roush or a Chip or, you know, JTG, something like that. Um, Is it out of the question that he could go somewhere bigger? No, I guess not. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is a topic I'd love to, you know, keep visiting as the season goes because he's not going to be in the 21 next year. It's all but been said and, uh, you know... I think he's going to be one of the best drivers on the market. So I agree. Depending on what some other contracts are looking like, so
0: I've talked to you a fair amount about what twenty three XI will expand to if they decide to go to a second car. Yeah, and I think Ty Dillon has the inside track on that. Right, what it sounds
1: like that's really strange too. I, I know, um,
0: but I can't. I can get on board with what you were saying about him going to Roush.
1: Why not? I mean, you know. Well, maybe it's Roush. a Ford it, car, right? So. Let's
0: let's examine this too. How long does Stuart Haas stick with their current stable of drivers?
1: Oh I, well, other than
0: I mean, Amar- Eric Amarola brings a gob of money to Stuart Haas Racing, but yes. he's not doing that well.
1: Well, if the money leaves, the money man. if
0: he if the money leaves
2: <laughs> he know. leaves. If the money stays, he stays. Well, they. I and, mean, is the sponsor until... with Eric Amarola yes.
0: or? Smithfield Foods. It, it feels like so
1: it feels like Stuart Haas until Kevin Harvick retires, there's not gonna be very much changing around in that team at all. Well, for me. Yeah. Those and, two and young drivers are gonna be there for the future, I think. I think <laughs>
0: I hate to say it, but I think that number 10 car has been nothing more than a cash cow for Stewart Haas Racing because look at how long they hung with Danica mm-hmm. Patrick till the money ran out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're seeing a theme here. Yeah, yeah, you need the money in NASCAR. That's You all do. And so.
1: I can't fault them for that. All right, guys, uh, real quickly, we we'll spent more time on buy or sell than I wanted to. Uh, I think we can all agree winners of the, the clear winner this week was Kyle Larson for winners and losers of Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. absolutely okay uh, i'm glad we can all agree on that uh amos your loser for vegas though um i guess there's not a ton of choices but where are you gonna go
2: well i would i'm leaning towards a couple i'll just throw them out real quick eric Amarola had a rough race i i the guy is struggling to get off to a good start this year i felt like that he he needed to have a finish in this race yeah regardless of where it was at and i'm i'm the losers of the race, honestly, even though Kozlowski finished second, I'm going to say it again this week is Penske. I mean, they have got to figure out mm. their in-race adjustments. All right, and it it may be something simple, and may and you know, by all means, we don't, I don't know what's the internal workings of Penske Racing, but it's great to start the race strong, but you got to finish better, and so mm. bring a car to the track that's fast. Maintain it or get it faster, but don't. It's too hard to get behind and then try and play catch up during the race, especially if these tracks are running green like they have the last
1: couple right. of weeks. So. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, I see what you're getting at there. Okay, so my loser, and this is kind of a build upon the last four weeks thing, is is William ba- is uh, Alex Bowman for me personally. Uh, well, his car has been good and he's raced well he's my loser because in through the first four races out of the four Hendrick cars he's been the worst car on the track you know he's in the 48 he's carrying on the baton of what Jimmy Johnson had you know not too long ago and, and Hendrick is I think they're gonna expect good results out of a car like the 48 obviously he's got a lot to contend with with his three other teammates that are excellent drivers as well but you know I think he'll eventually get a win or two uh, we could see two you know, maybe at this rate ten plus wins or more for Hendrick as the four drivers combined. Uh, but yeah, I mean Bowman, I feel like he's gotta he's got to do better next week in Phoenix or at least in Atlanta because he's kinda getting left behind these other three at the moment, I feel like.
0: Uh Chris, your loser from Vegas. I'm gonna broaden it a little bit away from Eric Amarola and just say Stuart Hawes in general. Mm. And I I also agree with uh, Amos's comment about Penske in general. I mean there was just something at this race track that Ford, with the exception of Keselowski, just flat missed.
1: I don't know, Blaine did okay. Well Logano got I mean, they were worse running. and then got better.
0: Well they were running in the top ten, so maybe Penske less, but the point is the Stuart Haas racing was a big loser this last weekend.
2: Yeah, okay. That's fine. Well we yeah, we're net picking Penske, but I mean it's we really, need to because yeah, yeah. you know
0: they well, you're
2: expecting Logano to have a stronger car as the race goes on. Ryan, and I know once you get into the top 10, it's harder to make passes, and and everybody's in a more equal playing field. So to drive up through the pack is is one thing, but to drive all the way to the front is another. But, you know, Ryan Blaney, he hit that wall. And, yeah, I mean, there's just some races you're just going to have a fifth-place car no matter what you do, but... They they can't continue the trend of starting well, strong and then just kinda I, I do holding feel like course.
1: it's hard to pick a loser for this race though, yeah. because it seemed like there was a lot of good weeks for guys that we said needed to have good weeks, with the exception of Eric Amarola, which I guess that could be one of your losers. But overall it was a good race week for a lot of teams and a lot of drivers.
0: Yeah. So the thing about it is I, I guess I nitpicked Penske because they No, lit- I,
1: I I think it's fair.
0: Well, they've literally dominated Las Vegas for the last couple of years. It is yeah. true. I mean, Kieslowski and Logano, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Kieslowski and Logano, And look at Blaney was leading Las Vegas last year. Yeah. You know, and just made a bad pit call.
1: All right. Well, I mean, harsh, yes, but justified in some ways. I I would agree. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the season standing updates, uh, Chris. This this is your department here. Now, what we're doing is not necessarily going off of what the website's saying, right? We're, We're factoring in the wins and bringing those to the top because those are locked guys, so I think we want to... Tr- oh, okay. We, I understand yeah.
0: what you're doing now, because I was looking at the NASCAR standings, uh-huh. and they were different than these, but well, now I, I see... Just,
1: I just... Because at the end of the year, I mean, the people with the most wins are going to be towards the top anyways, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. anyways. I give us a standings update, Chris. Uh, however many down you want to do is, is cool with me, I guess.
0: No, let's just do the top 10.
1: Top 10 again. Okay, let's see
0: it. Okay, so Martin Truex in 10th, Kevin Harvick in 9th, in Joey Logano in eighth, Chase Elliott in seventh, Brad Keselowski in sixth, Denny Hamlin in fifth, and now William Byron. uh, So these are race winners. Mm -hmm. Okay, four, four different races, four different race winners. William Byron in fourth, Michael McDowell in third, Christopher Bell in second, and Kyle Larson at the top of the standings by virtue of the latest winner.
1: All right, guys, let's talk about Phoenix now. Uh, if we're good to leave Vegas, everyone good? Shipping out of Vegas? Out of the sure. the bright lights and the gambling It's a short drive uh, to Phoenix. <laughs> ah, it's still nice West weather, Vegas. though. Uh, yeah, I'd like to be there. Um, all right, <laughs> so let's preview some Phoenix stuff here, guys. Chris, a quick rundown of the history of Phoenix uh, in NASCAR, wherever you want to take us. Uh, just a brief history,
0: I guess, though. Well, brief history. So the track's been around since 1964, Basically, sets and bakes in the hot desert sun, except for two times during the year when NASCAR makes its visit. (laughs) They
1: Indy race on that, too, don't they? uh,
0: Yeah, they do, but I think it's kind of a hit-and-miss thing with that. Okay. Um, 1977 is when PIR, as they refer to it, hosts its first NASCAR sanctioned race. In 1985, the track was badly damaged due to flooding. Imagine that in the desert. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, funny. I'm serious. Well, oh, I agree, that's but yeah, great. that's funny. Um, did some major ownership changes and things like that. Uh, 1991, they added the road course and the drag strip. Oh, the, and the drag strip closed 96 Scottsdale. This is not NASCAR, but I think it's noteworthy. Uh, resident Ery Liondike sets an all-time one lap record of 183 miles an hour. On a one mile course. That's pretty fast. Yeah, that's like, that's flying. In 2002, Brian Sperber takes over as president of PIR. And that basically is the uh, ownership group of, they own Daytona, (laughs) AAA, Michigan. They own quite a few tracks. Yeah, they they own about half the tracks. Um, 2011, well, 2006, new grandstands open. 2011, the track undergoes a fifteen million dollar repaving. 15, 2013 uh, or 2014, PR celebrates its fiftieth anniversary, and we go on from there.
1: All right. So brief history changes changes hands of uh, ownership, and it's now NASCAR. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting track. Just looking at at you know the the view from the sky. Obviously, you can you can go look up the dimensions and everything. It's it's <laughs> It's one of the weirder tracks on NASCAR circuit, I feel like, but its uniqueness is, is also very enjoyable to watch. Uh, so give us a track layout, Amos. Uh, what are the dimensions we're looking at mileage-wise, everything like that? All right, so it's a one-mile asphalt track. It's
2: it has. I wouldn't say it's an oval. I wouldn't say it's a traditional D-shaped track. It looks to me, as you're looking at the track, say from an aerial view, it looks to me like they just decided to go... They were starting with a D shape, and <laughs> once they got up by the start finish line, they just went straight into turn one instead of the traditional D shape. They so didn't that,
1: have enough asphalt. To yeah, lay
2: something down. I don't. They ran out of dirt in the desert. Ah, or we ran they out of that. Got hot, just and we're like,
1: oh, we're just make there. it
2: straight. <laughs> yeah, I, it's very, it's weird. I they know they've reconfigured the dog leg over the last couple of years, along with the repaving. Um, it's a relatively flat track. Ten degrees in the dog leg, ten degrees in, ter- eight degrees in turn one, eight to nine. They say progressive in turn two, but I mean, that's not a lot of change. <laughs> not a lot of and then three and four has a hair more banking with ten and eleven. So, the key for Phoenix is uh, a very good handling car, and you you have to hit your setup. If you can, uh, if you have a good handling car at a track like this, you're gonna move up and you're
0: gonna finish well on the race all right uh, what, one thing that i want to mention about yeah, Phoenix is that will f- freak out sometime viewers of nascar is when those cars come out of turn two they are taking a shortcut to get to the dog leg yeah i mean they drop down below not only do they drop below the yellow line they like they're literally taking a shortcut to get <laughs> they're right down on the apron third. aren't they oh yeah mm-hmm. And it's flat as a pancake down there, so it kind of upsets those cars a little bit when they hit turn three. Mm. All right. So
1: Yeah, this is an interesting track, man. Uh, the grandstands, where they sit is very interesting as well. Uh, you guys can go look at the pictures of that, but it's very strange how this track is set up in so many aspects. Like,
2: And how many tracks on the NASCAR circuit do you see where there's fans sitting on a mountainside watching the race hey so that's that's cool that's
0: feature right funny. there yeah i, I always <laughs> thought that that mountainside thing would be really cool till i found out it was infested with rattlesnakes and then Ooh. i thought, i'm gonna take a hard pass on that one you're
1: out on that one <laughs> all right so do I, they charge
0: you to
2: sit up there or is I, that
0: open seating i think it's open seating not but sure. i don't
1: know for sure not sure on that one um so let's let, obviously this track is the track that we'll come back to for the championship race uh in early november guys so we'll have another stay at this track uh, for the all-important race, potentially. And we saw quite the uh, drama last year at this track. It was, it was a fun race when it was all said and done, guys. Uh, but what is the type of racing we can expect at a track like this with the unique shape of the track, uh, pack racing? Are we going to stretch out, guys? Uh, are we going to see something similar to Vegas as far as a lead building uh, in one car? Or are the leaders going to stay kind of you know together as
0: we go through this race, Chris? I think uh, you're going to see more of a – I don't want to describe this. So the field will stay closer together. Generally, as a rule, they don't build any big leads up at Phoenix. They, they're all over the track. I won't say they're going like three and four wide because turns three and four get pretty darn narrow Yeah. And, as well as the main straightaway. But, man, when they get out of turn two going down that backstretch – it gets just absolutely nuts and, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> until they settle. I'm serious until they settle in and once the tires start getting a few laps on them, yeah, they kind of line out a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a good race to watch. Uh, I think you're gonna see the primary, the biggest amount of action will be coming out of turn four going on to the main straightaway. Mm-hmm. seems like that always somehow it always screws somebody up for some reason. <laughs> Okay, and and then of course coming off a of turn two, going into that dog leg thing, it it gets pretty pretty exciting. It's
1: very interesting where the uh, where the start finish line is at too, and and how you come out of that and progress to the track is very interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, Amos told us about the track layout, but yeah, it's very strange right there. Amos, do you have anything to add on the style of racing on this track that Chris didn't mention?
2: No, I think Chris hit it pretty close. I I would pay attention to the restarts here. You're you're gonna want to make up as much ground as you can on the restarts. Oh. I feel like once the race hits that green stretch and they kind of uh, the leader starts to step out on you, it's hard to make up ground. Okay. So restarts will be interesting. I don't think it's gonna be any type of restart like what we had at Vegas. There will not be a <laughs> lot little of more three, controlled. Four. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's still gonna be people scrambling for position because mm. you and they're gonna race hard. The, every restart. Cause you need to make up them spots. Cause if, if the race leader gets out on a green and you have a long green flag run, it's kind of hard to chase them down. This is a track where you can catch the guy, but getting a pass is going to be hard. So that's why I say the setup's going to be important. So really pay attention to the restarts. Uh, pit road will be crucial getting you on and off. So not a probably not a lot of room on pit road. So you need to have good pit selection and, uh, Make up some ground on pit road. It's
0: one of the tighter uh, pit lanes in in NASCAR. Uh,
1: Anything else to add, Amos, Uh, as far as this track goes? Obviously, we got to get to our picks here. No, I think we got her pretty good. Okay, cool, guys. Um, Yeah, obviously, the championship race will be here later in the fall, so hopefully we're at that.
0: (laughs) Buying tickets soon. That's what I hear.
1: (laughs) Cool. Um, All right, guys, so let's make our picks. So our first one uh, will obviously be the winner, closest to uh, gets the points. So – Chris, you are down in the points. You are currently in last, so you get the pleasure of picking first for the race winner here. Uh, do go ahead and pick.
0: Okay, so I am looking at the race results from about 2016 on. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a mixed bag. So 2016 was Logano. That was the fall race of 2016. Uh, Ryan Newman won in the spring of 17. Kansas won in the fall of 17. Harvick won the spring race in 18. Kyle Busch was back-to-back fall race and spring race in 18 and 19. Denny Hamlin won in the fall race in 2019. Joey Logano won the spring race in 2020, and Chase Elliott won the fall race to go on to win at Miami and win the championship. I'd really love to pick Kyle Busch, but I'm afraid I'd jinx him, so I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin. (laughs) Okay, you're picking Denny Hamlin. Uh, True to your word, I guess, from what you
1: said earlier in the show.
0: (laughs) Um, Let me just put it this way. If Denny Hamlin ends up having a disaster at Phoenix, I'm riding that horse clear to the end.
1: Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Then we'll know you're jinxing people, huh? Yeah, exactly. All right, Amos, uh, you get the pleasure of second pick here. Where do you want to go with second pick – Danny Hamlin is off the table. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I I couldn't, <laughs> do, it. I couldn't do it. There's, there's no way. Um, so this is
2: going to kind of probably be an outlier for me uh, as far as I kind of railed on Stuart Haas Racing through a little bit of the show. But, <laughs> I mean, Kevin Harvick's got nine race wins, 16 top fives. He's led the most laps. It's kind of a track I would say he's grown up on. Mm. Growing up in California, racing the regional series, Phoenix was one of them, one of the tracks they hit. So I look for Stuart Haas to maybe hit the race set up a little better, and Kevin Harvick gets, a good, gets his season started and
1: cements a spot in the chase. All right, so I'm going for consistency over expected win here with my pick. Uh, I was going to take Kevin Harvick, so I'm going to change my strategy here. Uh, Consistency-wise, Denny Hamlin would be the smart way to go, but that's also taken, too. So I'm going to have to go with Brad Keselowski just for consistency standards here. Uh, I'm not sure he wins. I do think that your winner is most likely Kevin Harvick, if I had to pick, but since I can't take the same... Uh yeah uh, good job uh, I'm going to just take consistency over expected win uh, give me kizlowski <laughs> I'm going to play it smart
0: <laughs> you know kizlowski has never won at this track that's fine okay I have confidence saying.
2: but he, he he's having a, a real consistent
0: start yeah, to his yeah. season yeah so. I, I I don't see. I'm not picking it apart I don't see anything yeah, wrong with the pick it's just I, I've been amazed as I was looking that back he through hasn't this, won. that he hadn't won here. Yep. For
1: a driver that's as good as he is, you'd expect him to win a track like that. So, yeah. um, All right, guys. Our next one is going to be most laps led in the race. So, Chris, you do get the first pick here. Uh, mm. Where do you want to go? Most laps led. Uh, doesn't have to win the race, but just lead the most laps.
0: I am going to go out on a flyer here and say, do I have to pick a specific driver? or can I pick a team
1: Yeah, no no Amos over here Rick Ware give no, me no, four no. cars in the field that are most no. likely guaranteed to blow up so <laughs> uh, No I need, yeah I would like a number at least
0: Uh number 24 car William Byron
1: Oh William Byron I was like what Most <laughs> laps led That's a, I know that's a number but uh okay William Byron most laps led for Chris uh, Amos Who do you want to go with on this one I'll just stick with my race winner, Kevin Harvick. All right. I mean, I think the strategy there is smart. <laughs> um, I guess I'll take... Huh, uh, since Kyle Busch typically does good at this track sometimes, I think I'll go Kyle Busch. Okay. Which, man, Ooh. that's the second... No, I pick Kyle Busch. I pick a Kyle Busch more than I think I should so far but, this season. Well, so. you're
0: probably finally <laughs> seeing the light. You whoa,
1: know. whoa, whoa of what okay. i've been trying
0: to tell you for the last four or five years uh, hold on. that lights back the up dark side back
1: up back up i don't know what he's talking about hey i okay. went
0: over to the dark side today too so it can be done
1: all right guys uh we're good on phoenix we're good on our picks everyone's happy all right everything down everything away it's game time i know this is the most exciting time of the show for both of you uh if you guys haven't picked up on the you game... just how
0: much noise transfers from this table into yes, the Yes, like, our
1: headphones. Ooh. So we finally got all headphones, and uh, Chris is starting to realize how much noise he makes over <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm worse than a two-year-old kid here. Uh, okay, so point That's of the... the <laughs> headphones. Point of the game, guys, is we have to... I give these to a year. They have to tell me the race winner from that year at the track we're at in that given weekend... Uh, if you don't get it, you'll get it as we go. So mm. you figure it out. It's quite fun, for me at least, because I think it's hilarious. Um, all right, so current season standings are 13 for Chris, 7 for Amos. Amos, you need like a sweep to get back in this week. Uh, this is not your strong game. No, it's say. not.
2: I've been struggling, obviously.
1: All right, guys, so every every uh, by random pick, every race is 2005 or sooner.
0: So, uh, oh, okay. this
1: might play into Amos a little here. So, I think. we're
0: not deep diving back to the dawn of time. No,
1: or... no, my random algorithm didn't go back far enough. So, okay. No. Okay, so I think uh, we'll start with the first one in 2015. Amos, you'll get the first pick, as always, being the person down in the points. So, <clears throat> race winner in 2015. Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, what a pick. And that is right. <laughs> Kevin Harvick, a point to Amos early on. Uh, Kevin Harvick finished second in 2015, won three races, second of three straight wins at this track, uh, and his third career win of five on this track. So very dominant. And Kevin Harvick, also your pick for this week. So, all right. Uh, we're going to 2009 for the next one, Chris. Uh, this winner was in 2009. Do you want the first clue? Yes. All right. Finished second in the season standings next to Jimmy Johnson. So Jimmy Johnson won the championship in 2009. I finished second. Uh, I pass. Pass. Okay, we're passing. We're passing on this one. Amos, we're back to you. Winner in 2009. I finished second in the season standings this season. My biggest win of the season being the Southern 500. Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards. Good guess, but we're not gonna say yes on that one. Uh, we're back to you, Chris. Won in two thousand nine. Finished second in the standings. Won the Southern Five Hundred this year. And uh, by two thousand nine, I was a well-seasoned veteran.
0: I'm gonna go with Jeff Gordon.
1: Jeff Gordon. Man, we're we're getting closer. We're walking her in. You know, you get that. You guys get that term. Uh, all right. So we're on the right track here. I was a Hendrick driver. Amos. 2009, second uh, nine. Second in the standings to Jimmy Johnson. I drove for Hendrick. It's not Casey Kane, is it? It's not Casey Kane. Okay, uh, we're we're in that area. I mean, kind of. We we've, we've eliminated all the Hendrick drivers except for one. Actually, was Casey Kane around in '09 for Hendrick? He was around, but I don't know if he was. Uh, I don't know if he was driving. All right, so Hendrick. we're back to you, Chris, 2009 winner
0: of Phoenix. I'm, I'm dredging my memory to try to remember the four drivers that drove for Hendrick.
1: Well, I mean, we've got two out of the way for sure.
0: Well, yeah. Um,
1: I think Amos has just realized who it is. He's Probably. giving me that look.
2: Well, I, I don't think it's this person. I don't think he drove there. That all early. right.
1: I need an answer, Chris. <sighs> two thousand nine winner.
0: Terry Labonte.
1: Terry Labonte. I think we're a little too far for that. Okay.
0: Um, I'm, no. I'm drawing a real blank on who the. Ford all right. So
1: I'm a seasoned Andrew. veteran by two thousand nine. Amos, uh, I won the Southern Five Hundred this year as well. Uh, finished second in the standings. Drove for Hendrick in the number five car. So Hendrick number five, who was who was driving the number five in two thousand nine, oh. guys? Wow. Everyone's gonna be surprised. I am drawing a
2: complete blank here. Okay. I have no idea. You passing? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Okay,
1: no more clues. So uh final guess from you, Chris. I'm probably way off on this
0: one, but I'm gonna say Ricky Craven.
1: Ricky Craven, man, was he still around in two thousand nine? No, not Ricky Craven. The correct answer is Mark Martin, two thousand nine winner. In a, for a Hendrick the car? number five Hendrick car. Second in the standings this season, guys. I mean, a good season. I didn't season. know he
0: drove for Hendrick. Wow. Yeah.
1: I believe uh, he had to be in the Kellogg car at this point, right? Uh,
0: yeah, I guess. I mean. All
1: right, guys. So that was rough. That was a rough wow. one. No points awarded. Empty chances. Go begging there. But. This is okay for Amos, because no points for Chris means good for Amos. Okay, Amos, we're back to you. Uh, We're going to go to uh, 2005, so this is the earliest one on the list here, uh, of the five. Now, uh, we're in 2005. You want a clue? Yes, please. 2005 winner of Phoenix. Um, I was the last car in the old Chase standings and finished 10th. Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth. Ooh, nope, nope. All right, Chris, uh, I had three... Three wins this season, um, and I finished tenth in the season standings. Two thousand five winner.
0: Two uh, thousand Tony Stewart.
1: Tony Stewart. No, okay. I'm in a Ford, Amos. I'm driving a Ford in two thousand five. Uh, I was sort of a contender. Finished tenth in the standings. Had three wins on the season. Greg Biffle. Ooh, okay. I'm in. I'm with Roush. I'm with Roush at this point in my career. In two thousand five, I won phoenix race this season I'm racing with roush three wins on the year chris are we narrowing it down for you
0: uh i'm gonna go with carl edwards
1: (laughs) no 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 okay amos we're back to you uh one of the one of the well okay there's two two more clues left guys so don't want to run out on this one uh i got sharpie on my car man Sponsor is Sharpie. Oh, Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch is the right answer. <sighs> I thought you of that. You were there. You were so close. But I, think. I thought of
0: that and I thought, no, he finished better than that.
1: So Kurt Busch, 10th in the season standings in 2005, racing the number 97 Sharpie, of course. Uh, great car design, man. I mean, just joking, it was pretty it, ugly, it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was a good season for him, obviously. He, uh, I think he won the year before, right? Championship 04? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. so. Uh, okay, guys, we are now on to uh, number four here. So, who's going first? Uh, oh, yeah, Chris, you're down 2-0. What a surprise! Amos. Yeah. It's feeling good, Woo. you can at least tie here. Uh, so 2008 winner, Chris, we're in 2008. You want your first clue? Yes, okay. Uh, i had seven wins this season Ooh, lordy kevin harvick kevin harvick no okay we're back to you with a chance to go up three nothing amos Uh, 2008 winner of phoenix seven wins this year one of my 83 total career wins Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Wow. This one was so easy. I mean, yeah, all the should, clues. That was a
0: throwaway right there. But
1: the next clues were: my sponsor was Lowe's. I won the cup this year. I raced the forty-eight. Like yeah. that was yeah. going to yeah, be yeah, that, real yeah. easy. um so That's just how the chips fall sometimes, Chris. You didn't I want know. to go first I'm just, there. I'm
0: just drawing a total blank on this one.
1: All right, Amos, you're you're on the comeback here. Three yes. nothing. You've won the round today. Feels Woo-hoo. good. Feels yes, good. Your does. first win oh, of the season. Yes. Wow. Uh, Chris, a chance to save a point here, though. We're talking about the race winner in 2017. First clue uh, I was the last car in the Chase and finished in last in the seasons, uh, in the Chase standings.
0: That would be Kyle Busch.
1: No. Oh. Ooh. Amos, can you go up 4 0? This was my only win this season. 2017, only win of this season. Who are we talking about? Who are we looking at? He rattled off the winners. Nobody was paying attention. Were you paying attention? No,
2: I wasn't. That's why I said nobody was paying attention. <laughs> not even he was paying attention. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> True X Jr.
1: Truex Jr. Okay, no, no. All right, so I got two career wins on this track. I've won here before. This was the second time I won at this track. So, you know, I've won a couple races in my career. Chris, 2017 winner?
0: Joey Legano. Joey
1: Legano, no. Seriously? No. no, this was his second win on this track.
0: Oh, oh! Second. I don't feel like
1: Joey Logano's been around this long.
0: Okay, well, I want to retract that one.
1: He can't retract. We're back okay. to you, racing for RCR this season. <laughs> okay, Amos just giving me a terrible look. Uh, we're we're in 2017, winner uh, of the Phoenix race, racing for Richard Childress, only win of the year. Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. Ooh, I think we're going a little too far. Well, he's probably in their car, but no, I mean, not not Austin. He's Dillon.
2: racing for RCR. Oh, that in that season. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Did you did you misunderstand my question? Yeah, but that's fine. Sorry. My bad. I now have a more clear understanding.
1: All right. So I'm in an RCR card that doesn't race right now. So uh, a number that doesn't race right now. So I'm not in the three. I'm not in the eight.
0: 29.
1: Well, I'm not going to tell you the number, but that's well, one of the clues. Okay. So uh, what? You're down to 29 or 31?
0: Oh, Ryan Newman.
1: Ryan Newman. What a, what a save there from... Wow. I shouldn't have said thirty-one, I guess. He got that. Yeah. Ding, that
0: Ding 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 ding. <laughs> ding ding ding. Yeah, because Kevin Harvick was in the twenty nine. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> that
1: narrowed it right down for you, huh?
0: <laughs> I think Harvick was out of that car by twenty seventeen. All
1: right. My bad, Amos. I feel like I feel like you had it as soon as I said I'm not in the three or the eight. So kinda. So all right, guys. Uh final standings this week, three to one for Amos. Amos. Our, our winner, first time belt holder. How's it yeah, feel? feels great. Chris, you got to come back next week. I know, I got
0: to do my studying.
1: All right, season standings: fourteen to ten, guys. Uh, hopefully, if you developed your favorites in the in the season so far, Amos a little bit the underdog. Chris, uh, we're starting getting into more uh, historical tracks. You're going to do, be doing better probably here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, guys. Anything he does to- <laughs> have
0: the age factor on us there, right?
1: <laughs> anything to say? But about see, <laughs>
0: that's a, that's a drawback. Because the age factor works against me a lot of times because my memory's not that sharp.
1: I mean, he just rattled off 2017 winner and then didn't get it. So, and, <laughs> and the bad thing,
0: like, he
2: didn't get it, and I wasn't paying attention because he's aged thing and he rambles, so I'm, like, watching the game on TV and, yeah, so.
1: All right, guys, anything to say before we get out of here? Uh, Phoenix, Las Vegas, any of the above?
0: Go Ryan Blaney. I predicted or I suggested that he needed to have three good races in this Next series of races. Okay, he had a good race at Las Vegas. He needs a good race at Phoenix, and he's got to have a good race at Atlanta.
1: Amos, anything from you?
2: No, I think it should be some decent racing. Like I said last week, it's not necessarily my favorite track on the circuit. Not, I mean, it's going to be cool if we go in the fall because it'll be the season-ending race. They're going to crown champions, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, it'll just be a, it'll be a solid race. Look for good handling race cars.
1: All right, guys, that's all we got. We're going to get on out of here. I uh, hope you enjoy the race of Sunday. Of course, keep tuning in for our shows coming up later in the weekend. When, been... it,
0: when is the NFL draft show?
1: Probably doing it Thursday, so it'll okay. come out Friday.
0: And tomorrow night's UFC.
1: Tomorrow night's UFC. Can't wait. Oh, I, you got to <laughs> um,
0: get Amos to set in on the UFC <laughs> one because it's, it's a hoot to set upstairs and listen to you guys yell when you're doing that UFC one. Yeah, we'll see about that. All right, guys, you've been listening to Electric Sports Talk. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. Peace out. Thank
2: you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the
0: NFL, MOB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter or shoot us an email to Electric Sports Talk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.